Welcome to our C3 Grow podcast. Wherever you are today, we hope that this message encourages you. We'd love to see you in person at one of our three locations, Howick, Ormiston, and Suva. Visit c3grow.org for details. So today, if you've got your Bibles with you, you can head to Matthew 5. Uh, and we are up to Matthew 5, 5. I'm going to do a pretty basic Bible study this morning. So Matthew 5, 5, let me read it to you. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So a great question to begin with. An obvious starting point, I think, is what is meekness? It's a bit of an old-fashioned word. You don't really hear it kind of bandied about too much these days, do you? Uh, meekness. Sometimes people associate it with weakness. Uh, that is not at all the case. So we're going to do a bit of a Bible study this morning to look into meekness. What does it mean to be a meek person? What does it look like to be a meek person? Why would we want that? Um, well, and if for no other reason, because it has a wonderful promise attached to it. And Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And we'll look at the promise uh, at the end of my message this morning. But it's a pretty amazing promise, isn't it? So I think it's worth us um, opening up our hearts this morning and saying, God, teach me, show me. What does it mean to be meek? Come and make me more like that. Certainly what I want. So uh, we are going to start in Psalm 37 to build up a bit of a biblical profile of what it means to be a meek person. What is meekness? So in Psalm 37, it's a key text because it's probably um, the most influential text uh, influencing Jesus Beatitude promise here in Matthew 5 5. He's quite obviously quoting from it or at least alluding to it um, in Matthew 5 5. So Psalm 37, if you look down to verse 11, David writes, But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. A few verses earlier, in verse 9, David says, For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. So it's mentioned there twice, inheriting the land. It says, The meek shall inherit the land, and those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Therefore, the meek wait for God. All right, they're one and the same. The meek wait for the Lord. So this is the start of our profile of meekness. The meek wait for the Lord. So what does he mean when he says waiting on the Lord? Again, that's sometimes one of those phrases that you might hear Christians say, oh, just wait on the Lord. Well, that sounds nice, but what does that mean? What does it mean? Well, here in this psalm, in the lead up to verse 9, David helps us to understand what it is to wait on the Lord. So we're going to look uh, up again, just a little bit above. Let's read verses 5 to 8 of Psalm 37. 
and this explains what it is to be meek. That's all right. I'll read it, Alexander. I'll read it to you because we've all got different translations. <laughs> all good. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. So the meek are those who wait for the Lord. And according to verse 5, this means that they commit their way to the Lord and they trust in Him, that He will act. According to verse 7, it means that they are still before the Lord and they wait patiently for Him and they don't fret. Don't fret over the prosperity of the wicked. And from according to verse 8, it means that they refrain from anger and forsake wrath. So from that, uh, we're going to dig into each of those a little bit to see what it looks like to wait on the Lord because that is what meek people do. So the first thing, the meek trust in God. The meek believe wholeheartedly that God will act on their behalf. How much do you trust this morning that God will act on your behalf? Sometimes it's so easy to feel like we have to do things, right? That it's up to us. It's not. We can trust in God. We can believe that He will work in our situation for our good. He brings vindication for us, not through us striving or worrying. So biblical meekness is rooted in a very deep and real faith and confidence that God is for you, not against you. He is for you and He will work on your behalf. You can trust Him wholeheartedly, this morning. The second thing, the meek commit their way to God. That's what Psalm 37 tells us. And the Hebrew word for commit, to commit your way to God, it literally means to roll, to roll. So meek people, they know that God is trustworthy, which means you can roll your way, whatever it is, your business, your problems, your family, health, fears, you can roll those things onto God because it's up to Him, right? He will act for you. You can roll those things onto God. Commit your way to Him. Peter says that we ought to cast or to throw our cares, our burdens onto Him, right? Because He cares for us. It's the same thing. Roll your way onto God. The meek have discovered uh, that they are insufficient. We can't do it ourselves, right? We cannot cope with the complexities and pressures and the obstacles of life. We are not designed to do it alone. If you haven't figured that out yet, I'm here to tell you, you can't do it alone. You certainly can't do it well alone. We need to commit our way to God and trust in Him. He is the one who is able to hold us to sustain us, to guide us, to bring healing, to bring wholeness. It's all up to Him. No matter what comes our way, we commit our way to God. Third, the meek are still 
before God. Perhaps another way that we could say this better is the meek are at rest in God. At rest in God. They have discovered that God can be trusted. We've committed our way to Him. Now we can wait patiently and restfully for the work of God in our lives. It's important not to get that confused with laziness. Meek aren't lazy. The Bible takes a very low view uh, of laziness or idleness. It speaks against that very clearly. But being still before God, I think, means that we are free from the frenzy, free from that feeling of like, I have to do it. If anything in you thinks it's up to me, I have to make this happen, we're not quite resting in God. Something to take a step back and say, God, help me. Help me to do this better, to trust in you, to commit my way and to rest in you. The meek have a steady calm that comes from knowing that God is in control. God is in control. He is gracious and he is working for you, for your best. It mentioned in here too that the meek don't fret uh, over the wicked, even when they seem to prosper. This is part of being still and resting in God also. So part of meekness is committing their family, their work, their entire course of life into God's sovereign hands. Trust Him. Wait patiently, even if you're looking around thinking, man, why is that person seemingly getting so blessed or having a great time? They're not even Christian. Whatever you might be thinking, trust in God. Fret not. It's another great old-fashioned word. Fret not. Do not be anxious. And lastly, number four, the meek refrain from anger. They forsake wrath. Their confidence is in God. And that confidence yields that still, calm trust and an overall even-tempered manner. I know with kids, right? Man, they can push your buttons. Work colleagues, there's family, just anything can push our buttons. But it's really important as we say, God, I want to push into this meekness. Show me how to refrain from anger. Give me that even-tempered. That's what I want, an even temper to stay calm in the midst of strife. So we're going to come back to Psalm 37 uh, a little later on in closing. But I think uh, there's another great example of meekness, um, which is illustrated well by the life of Moses. So we're going to quickly uh, go back near the start of our Bibles to find Numbers, Numbers 12. Is a little bit about Moses and he shows a beautiful meekness. So here's the scene, Numbers 12, 1 to 2, it says, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. So, 
Miriam and Aaron, they are Moses' brother and sister. They have a grievance against Moses and they're grumbling about him. The Lord hears their grumbling. And we read in verse 4, Suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and to Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came out. And this leads to a bit of a courtroom scene uh, where Moses, Miriam and Aaron appear before the Lord. And ultimately, the Lord actually rebukes Miriam and Aaron and he vindicates his servant Moses. He finds in favour of the defence. And now what is interesting here, that Moses was found in favour of by God and Moses didn't even offer a defence. He never pleaded his case. If we look at verse 3, which happens in between, so Miriam and Aaron are grumbling about Moses, then down in the later verses, God vindicates Moses. In verse 3, immediately after the grumbling, it says, Now the man, Moses, was very meek, some translations say humble, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. So just where you would expect it to say, here's Moses, his rebuke, he's justifying himself, he's explaining himself, defending the charges brought by his brother and sister. Instead, it just says he was a meek man, the meekest on earth. Moses doesn't say a word, he doesn't need to. What is the point of pointing to the meekness of Moses right here in between what's happening? That meekness, if you are meek, you've committed your way to God. You don't need to defend yourself, justify yourself, vindicate yourself. You can rest and wait in God, knowing he is working behind the scenes for your good. Moses knows that. He had such a strong conviction, such a strong faith. He'd committed his way to God. He was resting in God. He did not need to jump to his own defence, to explain himself. And sometimes we are so quick to try and vindicate ourselves, to explain our way out of things, to jump to our own defence. Sometimes that over-eagerness uh, for self-justification actually works against us. It inhibits our growth and progress. So... Let's learn from that. And the next time we're about to jump to our own defence, let's take a breath and pray first, see what God is leading us to do. Sometimes it's better not to say anything at all. So next, let's head over to the book of James, chapter 1. He also has something to say about meekness. James 1, 19 to 21. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So let's look here 
at what James can teach us about meekness. James has in mind two kinds of people. On one hand, he can see a person who does not like to listen to what others have to say, especially uh, people in authority or someone who has a contrary view or opinion to themselves. They're not receptive to the Word of God. They filter the Word of God through their own desires, thoughts, preferences, uh, take it selectively, if at all. That's the first kind of person that James is thinking of here. That is not a meek person. On the other hand, James pictures a kind of person, a meek person, who is slow to speak, slow to anger. This person recognises their own limitations, their own knowledge, the potential fallibility of oneself and their thinking. This person is eager to listen, to glean whatever they can from those around them. If they hear someone with a contrary opinion, they will listen first. Slow to anger. Listen, consider, compare things to Scripture. They receive it with meekness. So the new feature here that we're adding to our understanding of meekness is teachability, to be teachable, to receive the word with meekness means we don't uh, have kind of a hostile spirit when we're being taught, but we are open, we are humble, we are teachable. So again, with 2023 just beginning, it's great to make that decision to be a teachable person when we're in a small group, a connect group, when we're here on a Sunday morning, we're leaning in. We want to hear the Word of God. We are teachable. We have an open spirit. We love the Word of God. The meek are teachable. So there's probably more I could say about meekness, but I think that's a pretty good uh, portrait of meekness for today. So just as we're going to finish the second half of Matthew 5, 5. That is the beatitude promise. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What a promise. And we've wrestled all week with really how to kind of sum that up or what to say about it. It is a very big, all-encompassing, open-ended kind of promise. It's probably the most important thing to say about it. It is a very large promise. Um, Ultimately, it is a promise for our future. It is the grand fulfillment when we get to be with Jesus, Christ's elect, gain the whole earth. Ultimately, we will reign. We are co-heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ in the coming kingdom pretty hard to get our head around. And the prevailing characteristic of those who will rule and reign with Christ is meekness, because everyone in that kingdom will recognise that we are not there because of anything that we have done. Nothing is account of our own, nothing is on account of our own doing. It is all Jesus. So this is a promise which will ultimately be fulfilled in our future. But what impact does it have on our 
present day. Well, let's look back to Psalm 37. We're going to read verses 1 to 11 from Psalm 37. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully in his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. So there's a bit of a tension evident in this psalm. And often that's a tension that is in our lives um, from time to time also, where the righteous are lamenting. They're thinking if God is in control and we are the people of God and God is for us, then why are those evil people prospering? Why are things not working out for me? They may even go from bad to worse at times. And it's all okay for the people over there not trusting in God. And David, in his words here, he counsels the lamenting righteous and he says, you don't need to worry about that. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. Delight in him. He will look after you. He will make sure it all works out in the end for your good, very favorably for us. So do not worry. Do not worry. The battle is the Lord's. It's not ours. The victory is assured. Victory is his, then it will be ours too. So the meek can trust in Christ's victory. We know that we will be heirs, co-heirs with Christ. It's amazing. As we remind ourselves to take that on board at the start of the year, take with it that amazing confidence that we can rest in him, we can trust in him fully. We already know the outcome. We will inherit the earth with Christ because of his victory. When we are meek, it lets God be God. It puts him in his rightful place. We can trust fully in him for this year ahead, whatever you might be anxious about. Do not fret. Commit it to God. Commit it to God. Put it in his hands now. Every time you start thinking that way again, say no. No trust in God. I'm going to roll it onto him. I'm going to cast my cares 
onto him. Meekness lets God be God. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has blessed you. For more information about our church, you can find us online at c3grow.org.